How's it going today? Thanks for checking back in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where we bring you expert knowledge and insight into the various aspects of business and employment. I'm your host, Tim Muma. This is the second part of our conversation surrounding taking career risks and how doing so is really essential for professional growth and success in many cases. Joining us for the show once again is John Kobara, Executive Vice President and COO for the California Community Foundation out there on the left coast. We continue the discussion now and really talking about the difference between ambition and ambitiousness. Now you had mentioned earlier about the, uh, you know, the, the private institution that wasn't taking on these, uh, you know, quote unquote, well-rounded individuals and, yeah. and part of it because this idea that, you know, and you even mentioned the idea of they're not taking risks, they don't, they don't have a passion, that sort of thing. So if we take that into, you know, the professional world, you know, the employee at work right now, I guess what, what would you say to them in, in terms of, you know, are they taking a smaller risks, so to speak, or, or are they trying to adjust something in their current situation to say, hey, I want to try this, or I, I want to, you know, I want to move in this direction. I mean, is that something they need to do sort of on the side while, you know, still taking care of their own personal obligations? Like, I guess where's the balance if you're in a if currently working and you're looking professionally to grow, even if it means staying at the same organization? I guess what, what sort of advice do you have for people in, in that respect? Yeah. And, and uh, there's this thing, you know, I, I, everybody's ambitious. You know, you, you talk to anybody. I mean, they'll say, well, let me tell you about, where I, you know, what I want to do and where I want to go, you know, unless the person's 80 years old. They're still talking about their, their disambitiousness. But mm-hmm. the ambitiousness, you know, this uh, wanting more has to be paired with what I call ambition. And ambition is different than ambitiousness. You know, like, I want stuff. Okay, well, what do you want to do to get that stuff? Nothing. I just want to do my job, and I've got to go home, and I've got to take care of my family. Well, that's not going to – then your ambition has to match your ambitiousness, meaning, mm. yeah, you've got to do your job. You've got to do your job well. And performance is, is a, you know, the first step in, in all things and all work. I mean, you've got to perform, and you've got to perform well at a high level. And then what are you going to do in addition to that? Right. What do you, how are you going to engage yourself in the organization in the in becoming more visible? You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen these analysis, but you know, there's this thing called pie, you know, which is performance, image, and exposure. And but when they've done this analysis for uh, rising executives, performance is 10% of the factor in their in their um, uh, success long term performance because they had to perform. I mean, everybody's got to perform. This is this this is this well balanced kid, mm-hmm. right? But, after that, it's image. Like, what is your brand within the organization? Are you the go-to person? Do you have expertise? Does people go, well, God, Tim. We've got to go to Tim. <laughs> Tim's the guy who knows everything about the computer system. He's done his job. But, you know, what's your image within the organization? And third, what's your exposure? Do people know who you are? Hmm. Are you connected? Does the president know who you are? Really? Or the vice president know who you are? And you say, well, that's not my job. Well, okay, well, you're, you're, then you're out. <laughs> <laughs> so performance, image, and exposure, when you look at executive training, which I do, we, we have to coach these people to say, well, I don't need to toot my own horn. You do. And you need to be have more visibility. You need to write more. You need to speak more. You need to be involved with these committees or the, the charitable activities or whatever it is that the organization is doing beyond your job. And some people just don't want to hear this because they think we live in a pure meritocracy. You know, you just perform the numbers and then I'm just going to get 10% raise every year and I'll retire. And, you know, people have to wake up, as I said in the column that you read, you know, you got to wake up and smell the change because the change, that is not going to happen. That is a bad plan. Mm-hmm. 
and it ends really poorly for you and your family, by the way. So without getting into those negative things, you got to go to follow this pie chart, if you will, the, the performance image and exposure. you got to get go to this next level, and you got to be well lopsided at work than just being a well-rounded average, you know, shows up and does their nine-to-five job because, quote-unquote, anybody could do that. And those people aren't being promoted. <laughs> and people hear risk and they think these big, momentous decisions, but, I mean, a lot of things I hear from you, there are a lot of little things that go into this and little decisions and small steps. I mean, I, I guess what would you say to people in terms of always thinking risk is this big thing versus something that's happening on a, a daily basis? Well, I mean, certain people have the choice, you know, more um, options. So, you know, I meet extremely successful people, wealthy people, and, and they want to go into nonprofit work. But they, 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 the risk for them is, you know, this, this, the, not only the salary issues, even though they're taking a huge pay cut, but they, they you know, they're risking their, their, whether they're going to be competent and risking, you know, they don't have any financial downside. Mm-hmm. So it's this, their, their risk is this strange psychological risk you know there's <laughs> different people have different for them i tell them to go jump right because there's nothing bad it's like a, a new graduate from college i when i talk to those groups i said guys do what you really care about right now look pursue things don't try to get into just a regular job mm-hmm. because what if you fail you, you're going to get another job right so the one thing is take some chances sure. so people at different ages and stages right have different risks but if you're yeah if you have, you have four kids and you know mortgage and blah 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 you're you're, in, you're going to be more incrementally risk oriented um but you're pointed towards these things that you have told yourself or you have b- begun to believe that these are important to you to become a whole person not just to make more money because if it's just about making more money then you should there's some tracks for you to just do that i mean you should <laughs> As I say to young people, you got to get in the sales. Then you want to make a lot of money? No, I don't want to in the sales. Okay, well <laughs> then you don't want you don't like money because you got sales is where you're going to make the most money right now as a young per, or even as a person who's mature. So the, these choices, right? These career decisions about risk, age and stage, taking a risk to study for the GMAT for somebody that may be a huge risk, even though that doesn't seem like a risk to you and me, maybe, but for them it's like wow, that's time. You know, it's money. You know, I have to pay a little bit of money. So uh, it's a small risk, but it's a, it's a, it's a big step towards this MBA. That is something this particular individual is said. Hey, that's important to me. I guess overall, then, with any decision that you know somebody's making professionally, especially obviously that's sort of the, the focus. But in any decision. I mean, I guess what would you point to as the overriding factor or consideration, or, or really something somebody that you really need to figure out first before you take any sort of steps like that? Well, what would you say that overriding thing is? Yeah, I mean, uh, and some people are going to, I can just feel their eyes roll when <laughs> I say because I've seen it every time I talk about it. But um, the most important thing, which I find just to, there's a huge disconnection, is people have not spent the time to understand what they want, you know, w- w- what their purpose is, what difference do they want to make, mm. who they are. They haven't done their own self-assessment. You know, they, 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 they say things, they say these phrases that, that are just, uh, that they've been used to over a period of time. He says, you know, you know, life, I've been lucky. Life happens to me. You know, I kind of go where life takes me. Well, gosh, darn it. I, I'm going to tell you where that life's going to take you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it all ends in the same exact way. 
And when you look at the people, you know, I don't know if you've seen those hospice studies, you know, where they talk to people on their deathbeds, you know. Sure. Um, but, you know, so those people always talk about what they didn't do. Mm-hmm. And, and those studies are, you know, I wish I would have taken more chances. I wish my relationships would have been better. You know, those are the two things that people say when they're at the end of their lives. And um, so, so I think uh, knowing what you want, and it evolves. You know, people say the same thing over and over in time. And then when they say, I, I really don't want that. I, I want different things now in my life. I, I see myself doing something else. I want to make, you know, I, I've done making money. I want to make it more of a difference in the world. Or I, I really want to pursue my artistic talent, or all these different things. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about a job, right? It's not just about your career. It's about your life. And your career is a big part of your life. And how do you structure and design your life, right? which has family in it, which has church in it, which has, has education, has a lot of different components to it. You know, what is that life you, you're, you're, you want? Not winning the lottery and you know, retiring with a million dollars in the bank, which is fine. I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about you. And if you spend time, you know, it's, it's what triggered five years ago when I started writing my blog, which is Swivel Time, which stands for Strengthen What I Value, Enjoy, and Love. Strengthen What I Value, Enjoy, and Love. And so I ask people if they can swivel. Because, uh, you know, what do they value, enjoy, and love? And people yeah. say, oh, you know, John, that's easy. And then they try to fill out my little form, and I don't hear from them for three months. <laughs> because these are not easy questions. And once you get that general inventory of things, your ability to pursue risk becomes more obvious to you. Because these are important things to you, you know. And um, some people they haven't done that, and consequently the, the risks conversation is is slightly out of sync well john i mean obviously we thank you wholeheartedly for you know just giving us some perspective you know based on your experiences you know the subject the the idea of taking risks obviously people have their their own personal thoughts on that whether you know some positive some negative but hopefully either way our listeners will be able to take some time to as you said you know really examine what they want where they want to be professionally um, even personally in some instances so um, definitely appreciate you coming on if if people are interested in finding out more about you and your work uh, where can they find your blog and, and more info about you um, they can go to uh, johncabara.com or swiveltime.com where I, I all my, my posts, uh, 400 posts, and all my materials are free for people to think about these questions and to think about how to connect with others about these. Because it's, it's impossible to do these things alone. You cannot just go back into your cube <laughs> and think hard about this. It's about getting advice and counsel. It's about... You know, if there's some words today that, that meant something to you, now it's about talking to other people about that, whether it's your mentor or some other confidants, to start to get this, to articulate what you're looking for. You know, I've, I, I, my, my own sort of personal mission statement is, you know, no regrets, you know, make service to others, your passions and your relationships, priorities and success will follow. And when you can start to articulate what you want and avoid these regrets and take some risks, um, you know, your, your possibilities, your potential um, it becomes far greater than you can even imagine now. So I, I really appreciate the time, and I'm, I'm hopeful this was uh, somewhat uh, helpful to, to others. Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely think it is, and I think it's just a, a good conversation, and I definitely appreciate the insight you can bring. So uh, thanks a lot for coming on with us today. My pleasure, Tim. Good luck to you. And of course, again, that is our expert guest, John Cabara, Executive Vice President and COO for the California Community Foundation. And with that, we will bring Moving Up the Ladder to its conclusion today. 
Of course, we do want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So just drop us an email with any comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Yuma. We'll talk to you again soon.